0: Hey church family, thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. I hope that uh, our time together on the podcast reminds all of us to seek the Lord and be faithful as we're scattered on mission for a week of service. Um, Today I want to talk about the Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. Um, You're listening to this, if you're listening on schedule, you're listening to this on a Friday morning and we're going to be gathering in just a couple of days as a church family uh, for the first Sunday of November, which every year is the day that's set apart by the church for the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. And so we're going to pause as a church family just to lift up our sisters and brothers all around the world who are suffering. And I I want to spend just a few minutes today on this episode of the podcast talking about the persecuted church because for a lot of us in North America, myself included, uh, it's easy for us to move the persecuted church to the back of our mind because it doesn't seem to be the strongest reality for us. While there is some social persecution and certainly lots of pressures um, in our context, I think that we lose sight of what's happening around the world. And so I just want to share a few statistics um, to open our minds and open our eyes and help our hearts uh, connect with our sisters and brothers around the world who are following the same Jesus that we are, who are part of the same church family that we are, um, but they're uh, they're having to suffer to stand for Christ. According to Open Doors Research, more than 245 million Christians today are being persecuted. That's, that is one out of every nine Christians around the globe are being persecuted. 4,136 Christians are killed for faith related reasons. Uh, in the top uh, 50 countries that are on the world watch list for religious persecution. Um, 11 countries right now are scoring in the extreme level uh, for uh, persecution of Christians. And just a couple of years ago, North Korea was the only country that scored in the extreme level. 2,625 Christians are detained without any kind of a trial. They're uh, arrested in their sentence and they're sentenced and then imprisoned in the top 50 countries that are part of the world watch list. Um, 1,266 churches or uh, Christian buildings were attacked in the top 50 countries that are on the world, world watch list. So this is extreme for some of us in North America, but this is what the church has been facing throughout its history. I mean, even in the early days of the New Testament, when the church was being born, there you you got stories even in the New Testament of uh, persecution that was coming. Uh, towards the believers. In fact, the, the whole letter of 1 Peter is directed to believers who felt like this world was not their home, that they were aliens or exiles because they were probably losing uh, ground socially. You know, They were under unjust authorities or they were losing the opera, operation of their businesses. They were losing their land or nobody would would practice trade with them. They were losing their place in the merchant square. and Some of them were losing their property or their jobs or their money. In fact, the book of Hebrews um, talks about a situation looking backwards that the readers of the letter of Hebrews have already suffered once and they're suffering a second time. In Hebrews chapter 10 verse 32, um, I read, Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he promised. So even in the book of Hebrews, you've you've got a memory of a time when their property was confiscated, when people in their churches were taken to prison and other believers came to comfort them. there, the, the book of Revelation gives us a sense that somebody has already died for the, the gospel and others are willing to die. I want you to hear these words. In Revelation chapter 12, this is what the scripture says um, in verse 9 and following. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our sisters and brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink From death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. So in this um, in this poetry or this hymn in Revelation chapter twelve, while it's describing the devil's war against the sons and daughters of the church, um, it credits persecuted believers who triumphed over the devil by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony, and it says that they did not love their lives. So much so as to shrink back from death, and in other words, even in the face of death, these believers um, were willing to stand up for their witness for Jesus Christ. And so, on the National Day of Prayer, as we look around our nation and we see, you know, some sense of rising persecution, and we also recognize that in any context on this earth, in in the contest between worldliness and and our faithfulness to the Holy Spirit, there's always a sense of some social pressure that we need to, to resist, but then we look around the globe and we see literally imprisonment and death, the loss of jobs and business and home uh, for brothers and sisters around the world. We just want to stand in solidarity with the church and we want to recognize a few things together. The first thing we want to recognize is that no matter what kind of persecution we face, whether it's uh, social persecution at the middle school or a little bit of mocking at the high school or it's real social pressures for you in college or um, in your marketplace, or your business, or you might even lose your job. No matter what the social pressure you're facing or economic pressure that you're facing, Jesus is worth it. Like your identity in, in Christ and your confession of your faith is worth it. And I want to encourage you to have the strength to stand and to recognize that the testimony of your witness is valuable. No matter what you face in life, in the age to come, you'll enjoy our reward. So whatever Whatever persecution or suffering you face, whatever pressure you face, stand firm and find courage from our sisters and brothers all over the globe who are doing the same, most of them, in much more extreme circumstances. Secondly, I want us to recognize that the church family is together, that we are one body. The scripture teaches us in Ephesians chapter 4 And so I just want us to recognize that all around the globe today, our sisters and brothers are suffering and standing up for their testimony of Jesus Christ. And I want us to recognize that we are one body and we want to stand in solidarity with them. So I encourage you in your households tonight, throughout the weekend, as we gather for Sunday and your small groups on Sunday morning, like let's take a moment to stand and recognize the persecuted church. Let's, let's pray with and for our sisters and brothers in, in North Korea, in Afghanistan, in Somalia, in Libya and Pakistan and Sudan and Yemen, in Iran and India, Syria, and Nigeria, China, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, in Myanmar and Vietnam and Laos. Let's stand with our sisters and brothers in Turkey and Ethiopia and Indonesia, in Nepal, in Morocco in Mexico in Kenya and Malaysia, in Kuwait, in Colombia, all over the world. We have sisters and brothers uh, who are facing persecution, and I want us as a church family to recognize our solidarity with them and to lift them up. So I encourage you, as you prepare your hearts for uh, the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, uh, let's not forget our brothers and sisters. Now, what should we pray for? Uh, I, I think that we should pray that God would let pastors out of prison, that, that he would grant freedom and forgiveness and mercy, but also that he would allow that He would allow those persecuted brothers and sisters to have the courage to never waver even if it cost their life that they would be faithful and that they would that they would not back down but here's the thing bring that Prayer back to yourself as well that God would grant you that same courage that you wouldn't cave in to pressure uh, that you might turn your back on the gospel of Jesus Christ no matter how you feel or what's taken from you in the context of the world today. So let's pray for their courage. Let's pray for their freedom. Let's pray for the persecuted church. And let's recognize that just as Jesus Christ taught us in, in the gospel of Matthew. We are blessed when we are persecuted. Scripture teaches blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. No matter what you're facing in the way of persecution I pray that you would rejoice in it that you would face it with great courage and that you'd be proud to have solidarity with Jesus Christ and now today. Day we recognize solidarity with the church scattered around the world.